Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by the preaching of the Word by Pastor Wu Yuzhuang. Now, the last time I shared with you, we look at Acts chapter 1 and we study about the ascension of Christ. Now, today I thought it would be good if we can all look at Acts chapter 2. If you look at verse 1 to verse 3, it says over here, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. Now on the day of Pentecost, which was the first day of the first church, the Holy Spirit came like a rushing mighty wind and the Bible says that the disciples spoke in tongues and the fire of God came upon them. After the encounter, the lives of the disciples were never the same again. So now the title of my message today is Unceasing Fire. Everybody say with me, Unceasing Fire. Come, let's just pray right now. Father, we want to thank you that this morning we can come together as a church to worship you, to praise you, to listen to the Word of God even right now. Lord, we ask that God's Word will renew us, will energize us, will transform us. We open our hearts and our ears to listen to you. We commit this time to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, Amen and Amen. Thank you so much, Joel. Now, um, I'm going to talk about fire. Fire in the Bible symbolizes a couple of things. First of all, fire could be referring to the judgment of God, right? The judgment of God. Fire can also be referring to trials, sufferings. But fire can also be referring to the presence of God. I want you to look at uh, Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21. It says over here, And the Lord went with, before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. So this verse says that, you know, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness, He led them by the pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by the night. So fire could be referring to the presence of God. But fire could also be referring to passion. Say we mean passion. Now, passion is like fire. It means strong emotions, intense feeling, and passion consume us. All right, so fire is a burning passion. It gives us energy. It gives us enthusiasm. How many of you, you have touched something really hot before? You touched the fire accidentally, or you touched the boiling kettle, all right? All the mothers here, I'm sure you have one of those experiences. Now, how would you respond when you touch the boiling kettle? Now, will you touch the kettle and say, wow, it's warm? <laughs> no, you, you won't say that, right? What happened? You touch the kettle and you, ooh, 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 ooh. you move. You're energetic. All right, so now that is why a Christian who is passionate for God, when he prays God, he can't help, you know, but to move himself, to clap, to lift up his hands. Amen. 
Hallelujah. How many of us, we are passionate for God today? Can I see your hands? Amen. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Now he says over here, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist, you know, he said that he will baptize the believers with water for repentance. But Jesus will baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, that means it is possible for us to have a relationship with God, but yet live a life without the fire of God. All right? So just because you have a relationship with God doesn't mean that you are on fire for God. Jesus wants to baptize us with his fire. And everybody say, amen. Now Hebrews 12 verse 29 says that God is a consuming fire. That means God is a passionate God. I want you to look at one verse, Psalms 104 and verse 4. It says, He makes His messengers winds. His ministers a flaming fire. Even the angels, the messengers of God, carry the fire of God. And Jesus Himself said that the zeal for your house consume me. So we know that on earth, Jesus was passionate for the house of God. One day he was found in the temple of God as young as 12 years old. <laughs> he was debating, discussing the Old Testament scriptures with the priests in the temple. How many of you, you are 12 years old or you have kids that are 12 years old? Can I see your hands? Young kids, primary six. <laughs> Can you imagine a 12-year-old boy you know, discussing, debating the scriptures, you know, with Pastor Aris, you know, with our in-house theologian like Pastor Chin Siem, Pastor Edmund, Pastor Ilu, who has gone through years and years of seminary. They were, you know, this boy debating with them about the scriptures. That was how much Jesus was passionate for God's word, for his house, and for the spiritual things of the kingdom. And how many of you want to be like Jesus? Amen? So what does it mean to be on fire for God? What does it mean to be on fire for God? I want you to listen to this definition, all right? To be on fire is to have a passionate, vibrant, intimate relationship with God that results in a contagious, counter-cultural life. Wow, long definition. Let me repeat myself. To be on fire is to have a passionate, vibrant intimate relationship with God that results in a contagious counter-cultural life. You know what, brothers and sisters? Fire makes you contagious. That those who get around you, they catch what is on you. It's contagious. When they come around you, they catch what is on you. How the world believes and behaves does not detect how you believe and behave. How you live your life is not dependent on how others live their lives. Your moral compass is not dependent on your social media, your TikTok, your Facebook, your Instagram, your YouTube, you know, what they're telling you or what the world is telling you. 
Somebody once said this, the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. One person with fire is better than a hundred people you know, who are merely interested. Amen. Wow. Many people are just interested in God. They're just merely interested in God. You ask them, well, do you like Jesus to forgive you of all your sins? They say, sure, why not? Of course. Then you ask, would you like to be a Christian? They say, uh, okay, I guess I can. Then you say, now, would you like to come to church to have Bible study with me? They say, oh, <laughs> I like to, but sorry, I don't, I don't think I have the time. You see, many people are just merely interested in God. But God is looking for people who is on fire for Him. Amen. How many of you heard of this man by the name of John Wesley? Of course. Now, when John Wesley was young, he left England to go to America, Georgia, to preach the gospel, to be a missionary. But he was so unfruitful in America that he went back to England disappointed. On his way home, his boat was, was, uh, was caught in a storm. And while the boat was sinking, John Wesley was so fearful of, of dying. And then he saw a group of Christians at the edge of the other side of the boat, lifting their hands to worship God passionately. Now, the boat didn't sink, but what he saw convicted him so much. But that the moment he reached England, he ran to this church called Elders Gate Chapel. He picked up a book written by Martin Luther. And when he came to the part where Luther says, he rediscovered the just shall live by faith. Wesley cried out to God and said, God, I want to believe you this way. In his diary, right, he wrote, at that point, all of a sudden, I felt my heart strangely warm. You see, there was a fire that started burning in this young man's life. He got onto a horse and for the next 50 years, he traveled 50,000 miles and he preached the gospel, the word of God all over England and all over Europe. Why? Because a holy passion, a holy fire of passion started burning inside his heart. You know, one time Wesley was asked this question, what was the secret to your success? You know, Wesley said, I set myself on fire and the world came to watch me burn. I set myself on fire and the world came to watch me burn. Hallelujah. You know what? Fire has this ability to spread to influence the best way to preach the gospel, to evangelize, to make a difference, to influence the world is to be on fire for God. Today, I believe God wants to ignite a fire inside our hearts. Whether you are a young person or an older person, whether you are a student or you are working adult in this place, all of us, we need the fire of God. Amen? But how should we position ourselves to catch the fire? Remember, to be on fire is to, be, to have a passionate, vibrant, intimate relationship with God. 
that results in a contagious and countercultural life. So how should we position ourselves to catch this fire? First of all, stay close to the fire. Stay close to the fire. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Solomon was in the temple praying. And the word of God says, as soon as he finished praying, fire came. See, if you want a fire, you must stay close to the fire. Remember, I told you, fire symbolized the presence of God. Look at verse 3, all right, verse 3. It says, when all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down on, with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worship. See, the Israelites, they were close to the temple. And then they saw the fire came down. And immediately, they knelt down on the pavement and they worshiped the Lord. If you want God's fire, you must stay close to the fire. Dwell in His presence to worship Him. That is why it is so important to be in church. Amen. Online is good, but coming to church is different. Hallelujah. Come close to the fire. Come to the presence of God. Now, look, look at Acts chapter 2, all right? Our, our main text that we started. Look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So the disciples, they were all in the same place, praying in the upper room. The fire came after that. See, if you want God's fire, you need to stay close to the fire. They gather together. They share the same heart, the same love, the same trust in His promise, and they all were in the same location. Not only the disciples stay close to the fire, they stay close to the fire with one another. How many of you, you have been to a campfire or a barbecue before? Last month, actually, I went to a campfire. That was wonderful. A few days ago, my cell group had a barbecue as well. So I'm sharing with you something that I, I've been uh, inspired recently, all right? Now, when you go to the campfire or the barbecue, do you notice that the pieces of wood and the charcoals, they, they must be together. They're piled together, stacking on top of each other. So if you want to catch the fire, you must stay close to other pieces of wood. Amen? Stay close to other pieces of wood. All right? So if you want to catch the fire, stay close to one another. I want you to look at Psalms 95 and verse 6 to verse 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. These two verses kept saying, let us kneel, let us worship. We are His people. Now, it is important for us to stand alone with God, to have a personal relationship with God. During our circuit breaker, with all the social restriction, we all went online. 
Doesn't matter if our cell group is not with us. Doesn't matter if we are not at Santa Convention. We can still worship God alone. However, I want all of us to know, my church family, it is as important for all of us to gather together as a church to worship Him in one place. Amen. Hallelujah. That is why, that is why your cell group is so important. Why do you think your cell group leader, you know, here and there will call you, hey, I've not seen you for a long time. <laughs> Where have you been, you know? Now, are they trying to get you to come so that the cell group looks good, got big numbers? No, no. It's not for his good, it's for your good. Amen. That is why it is so important for us to find friends, you know, to build a community in our ministry. Because if you want a fire, you must stay close to the fire and with one another. Amen. The heat from other wood will ignite you. You know, when I was in secondary school, right, um, there was this classmate of mine. His life was radically changed. He got saved. He loved God. And uh, every single day, he would bring a big Bible. Right? During those times, we don't have digi digital Bible. So he carried a big Bible. And he would go to school with a Bible. Like a preacher, right? <laughs> Secondary school boy. And then during recess, well, all of us would go to the tuck shop, canteen to have our meals, play our marbles. I don't know what we do last time, right? But, you know, play our, our one leg or two legs or whatever that is. Now, he would open his Bible in class and read the Bible. Wow. Solid. And sometimes we will find him carrying the Bible to go to different classes to talk to people about Jesus. Wow, exactly. That's what it was how I felt. Wow. But he has one problem. He doesn't believe in going to church. He believes that he can know God by himself. He can worship God by himself. Technically, it's not wrong but he missed out something wonderful that God wants to bless believers with. The church, the community. After we moved on from our secondary school, I believe we were in the army, different camps. But one day, we met each other, bumped into each other on an overhead bridge. Wow. It's like from two, two different ends. And I saw him, he saw me, hey, old friend, all right? So we, we, we high-five, we talk to each other. But in that conversation, I was grieved because this friend that was so on fire, so radically changed, eventually he left his faith because he didn't want to go to church. City Harvest, let's come together to the fire together with one another. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Number two, right, the second, secondly, watch out for wood that is wet. Watch out for wood that is wet. Now look at Acts chapter 2, verse 12 to verse 13. It says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking and said, They are filled with new wine. See, when the fire of God came on the upper room, all right, so what happened is that the disciples, they spoke in tongues, they received God's fire, 
The Bible says that some people were amazed, they were perplexed, while others were mocking and making a ridicule of their fire. Listen, not only must we stay close to the fire, we must make an assessment on the condition of the wood. Because no matter how intense the fire is, if our wood is wet or damp, it inhibits the wood from catching the fire. Sometimes it's not about the intensity of the fire around us. It is the condition of the wood. The problem is not in the fire. The problem is in the wood. Look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. For the hearts of these people have grown down. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. This verse, this passage says that the hearts of the people have become dull. Dull. As a result, their ears were closed. The eyes were closed. And their hearts could not receive what God intended for them. It's hard for wood that is wet to catch fire. The condition of their hearts prevented them from receiving the fire of God. You see, some people, they want to catch the fire. They attend church like everybody else. They go to cell group like everybody else. But somehow, they can't catch that fire. They were numb, indifferent, and unmotivated. People around them could be clapping, cheering, shouting, crying, weeping in God's presence, but they feel nothing. Because the condition of the heart, the wood is wet. We need to examine our wood, the condition of our hearts. Now, wood that is wet, you know, like indifference, apathy, or busyness. You give priority to other aspects of your life more than your spiritual life. Wood that is wet, like a sinful lifestyle, Immoral thoughts, maybe unforgiveness, lying, doubts, offenses, unbelief, wrong attitude, maybe resentment, ungratefulness, murmuring, fear, worries. We need to examine our hearts and deal with the wood that is wet in our lives so that God can ignite the fire in us. So how do we catch the fire? First of all, stay close to the fire. Number two, watch out for the wood that is wet. Now, but I want you to know something about fire. This is the nature of fire. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how strong a fire is, how long it has been burning. It is the nature of fire to go out. It is the nature of fire to go out. The relentless fire in a forest goes out eventually. The fierce fire you know, in a house goes out eventually even without the help of fire extinguisher. Given sufficient time, fire will die down. Maybe some of us, we had powerful encounters with God before. 
we responded to the altar call, we knelt down, we wept before God, we experienced what we call the first love fire. All right? We have been singing that song, first love fire. But given enough time, difficulties in life, the fire will still go out. The truth is, unattended fire goes out eventually. Everybody say with me, unattended fire goes out eventually. Maybe some of you have, you felt touched by God at one point. You know, you felt motivated, you quit your job, you went to Bible school, our SOT, School of Theology. And maybe some of you even serve as a cell group leader. Or maybe some even came to full-time ministry to serve as a church worker. But given enough time, discouraging situations, change of season in life, different phases, the fire goes out eventually. Now, that is the nature of fire. All right, that's the nature of fire. But God wants to give us an unceasing fire. Amen. Now, look at Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 to verse 13. It says over here, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Wow. You see, even though it is the nature of fire to go out, God gave a specific instructions to the priest that this fire on the altar shall never be put out. It must be kept burning. But remember, unattended fire goes out eventually. So how do we keep this fire burning? How can we have an unceasing fire? Well, I'm glad you asked. A few things you need to do. Number one, you must feed the fire. Feed the fire. Now look at verse 12 again. It says, And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace of offerings. You see, in order to keep the fire burning, the, pri oh, <laughs> the priest had to feed the fire with wood every morning. It's been a long time since I used props for my sermon. So here you go. Now, what happened? The priest fed the fire every single morning so that the fire can keep on burning. The Bible says he feed the fire with wood. Now, wood in the Bible speaks of men. Pastor, I hope I'm preaching right. All right, the pastor from... Berean Church. Berean Church are known for people who study the Bible, scrutinize the Bible so that we can learn God's Word. Now, feeding fire to the wood means you are giving yourself to the fire. Giving yourself to the fire. But not just once in a while. Not just once a month. Not just once a week. But every morning, they fed the fire with wood. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, feeding the fire by giving yourself, number one, to prayer and worship. Feed it. 
feed yourself to prayer and worship. Now, worship comes from this word, worship. Everybody say, worship. In John chapter 12, Mary, she broke the flask of or perfume oil. And she used the oil to wash the feet of Jesus, to wash the head of Jesus. She worshiped Jesus with that perfume oil. That means she valued Jesus more than her perfume, expensive perfume oil. The truth is, we worship what we value most. We worship what we value most. You know, some of you, maybe you come to, to me and say, Pastor, I brought a group of friends. They are free thinkers. They don't worship anything. You know something? You are wrong. Because everyone worships something or someone. We worship what we value most. Some people may not worship God, but they worship themselves. They worship their jobs. They worship their business, their money. Some people worship social media. <laughs> Have you seen them all the time on social media? Some people worship their digital games. Some people worship movies and dramas. Some worship football clubs. And I know there are some here in this place. <laughs> Everyone worships something. We worship what we value most. Have you seen people who wakes up early in the morning at 4 a.m. to go cycling? 4 a.m. in the morning to cycle. But they won't go to church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Too early for church. But not too early for cycling. Some people play their digital games until 3 a.m. in the morning. But they don't have time to worship God. We make time for our K-drama, but we don't make time to pray at home. We make time to play with our kids, but we don't make time to have quiet time with our God. I'm not trying to beat you up this morning. I'm trying to remind myself because worship is a response of what we value most. I'm not suggesting that you uh, wake up at 4 a.m. to worship God. I'm not suggesting that you worship until 3 a.m. in the morning. No, 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 that's not my purpose. See, but every day, apart from all the many things that we do in our lives, we should set a set time to feed the fire daily by giving ourselves to prayer and to worship. Amen. Number two, we feed ourselves daily to the Word of God. I want you to look at... Uh, Look at this verse, Luke chapter 24, verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? See, when Jesus spoke to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, God, Jesus opened the scriptures and they said, our hearts were burning within us. Didn't just burn, but it was burning. See, some of us, we received a word from God that turned our lives around years ago. Now, that word ignited a fire within us that changed the course of our lives. I remember many years ago, I heard a word. 
you know, and I responded to the other call to join the full-time ministry. That was probably about 30 years ago that when I heard that word. Now, that word ignited a fire. Now, but I want you to know that fire didn't change my life. That fire ignited or it started a change in my life. There's a big difference. Because I cannot depend on that one word, that one sermon that I heard 30 years ago to keep this fire burning. Amen. That is why I need to constantly, regularly feed the fire with the Word of God. And that is also the reason why I'm still reading the Bible every day. That is why I still listen to sermons every day. Really, literally. Sometimes two to three sermons a day. I read theological books almost daily. Now, I stay in the far east of Singapore. Quite far, eh? far east. You know, quite near the airport actually. And for the last one year, I have to travel to the western part of Singapore. Right? One whole year. And uh, because of morning traffic, it will take me about 45 to 15 minutes to reach my destination. Now, initially, I was lamenting on the long journey. It was a waste of time. Waste of time. 15 minutes, almost an hour. But when I discover that I, actually I could listen to Bible reading on my Bible app, I got excited. <laughs> Because that long journey is no, no longer a waste of time. I could listen to the Bible. Amen. So in fact, I look forward every morning to my car ride to my destination. Church, you know, we must feed the fire. Feed the fire with worship. Feed the fire with the Word of God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you must read the Bible. Hallelujah. So, number one, you feed the fire. Number two, fan the fire. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul told Timothy to fan into flame or to rekindle the fire. Now, it doesn't mean that Timothy's fire has gone out. All right, but... The, word, the Greek tense for this word, fan. <laughs> Thank God for Alicia. The Greek word for this fan is continuous. That means don't just do it one time. You keep on fanning. Keep on fanning. Keep on fanning the fire. Oh, I like it. It is a continuous and intentional effort to keep the fire burning. Don't just let it be fever hot. Let it be burning hot. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 11 to verse 13. Right, it says over here, don't burn out. Keep yourself filled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expected. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Now, how many of you this morning, you would like to be honest. Have you ever felt, experienced this before? Right? You, you don't feel like praying. You don't, when Pastor Ari talk about giving, oh, you don't feel like giving. 
you feel very little motivation to go to church. You feel very little, motion, little motivation to meet with your spiritual family. Have you ever felt that before? Can I see honest hands? I do. But what do we do when we feel this way? This verse gives us the answer. It says, pray all the harder. That means when you don't feel like praying, you pray all the harder. When you don't feel like going to church, you make extra effort to go to church. When you don't feel like lifting up your hands, you lift even more higher, clap even louder. Don't let the fire fizzle out. Hallelujah. Fan it. Fan the flame. Fan it vigorously. Hallelujah. Amen. And number three, if these are close, guard the fire. Guard the fire. All right, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. It says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Guard the fire. I don't have props for this point. I do actually. I need to borrow your hands. Everybody do this. Guard the fire. Have you been to a birthday party before? All right, so maybe it was your birthday. Your members bought you a cake or at least a piece of cake. <laughs> then they light up the candle. For my age, I prefer just one candle, right? <laughs> so you, you, you light up the candle. Now, what would you do after that? You, you would do exactly what you did just now. You got the fire. You watch out for the air conditioning, the draft. You watch out, you, you switch off your ceiling fan. And then you watch out for all the young kids that may jump up to blow out your candle. <laughs> you guard the fire. Church, we must guard the fire. Guard against distractions in your life. There's so much distraction all around us. Guard against distraction. Guard against sins that may seize the fire. Sinful lifestyle that may seize the fire. God against busyness. I believe most of you here, if not all of you, love God. But some of you, maybe you are simply too busy. God against busyness. What about this? God against unthankfulness. Unthankfulness. I want to talk about this a little bit. Now, in Leviticus that we read earlier on, we learned that the fire on the altar was a symbol of God's presence to the Israelites. But more than just a symbol to them, it was a reminder to the people of a constant need for God. God wants to remind them that He has been good to them. They need Him. See, but the problem with the Israelites is that was that they did not remember the goodness of God. They were ungrateful to God's goodness towards them. See, the absence of gratitude results in an unwillingness and inability to properly perceive God's goodness to us. Let me say one more time. The absence of gratitude results in an unwillingness and inability to properly perceive God's goodness to us. All throughout the Bible, you will read of this one word, 
Remember. 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 In fact, 253 times, God told the people to remember. God says, I told you to build an altar so that you will remember. I institute all these feasts and meals so that you can remember. I told you once a year to have a Passover meal so that you remember it was I who told you to put the blood on the doorpost so that when the angel of death came, it will pass over your house. Remember, I saved you from destruction. Remember how I delivered you, how I forgave you, how I healed you, how I saved you, but you keep forgetting. Remember, 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 remember. See, why did God keep asking the people to remember? Because we are prone to forget. We forget how good and how generous God has been to us. If you can remember His goodness, it sets a fire in our hearts. I remember uh, quite a number of years ago, I was going through a tough season in my life. I was in this season where I felt, I find myself complaining a lot. <laughs> I, felt, I, I, I find myself sulking a lot. When I evaluate my life, my personal life, my finances, my ministry, I felt that God hasn't been fair to me. Have you felt this way before? Like, why God fairness? So I was complaining. I was talking to a pastor friend. And this pastor friend said, Zhuang, if you look at your life, God has been good to you. I mean, look at your kids. I mean, look at your wife. She's so supportive. Look at your children. Look at, look at your daughter, Kimberly. You know, she, she is so sweet. You know, I used the word beautiful yesterday. She said, Dad, don't use the word beautiful. Okay, sweet and, sweet and pretty, right? Then, then he said, look at, look at Niger. He's so cute. That was a few years ago, right? Quite a few years ago. He's handsome right now. <laughs> I believe so. Look at Tyler. God healed him, did a miracle in his life. And every day when you come home and look at them, they call you daddy. Hasn't God been good to you? When I heard that, I started to tear. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for only looking at all the challenges I forgot. I forgot that you have been good to me. I forgot that you have blessed me. I want to ask you a question. Have you misplaced the sense of gratitude for God's goodness in your life? We don't even deserve it. But God gave it to us anyway. We need to guard the fire by remembering God's goodness. And everybody say, Amen. Today, God wants to set our hearts on fire. I know that sister is on fire. 
Amen. Stay close to the fire. Stay close to God's people. Watch out for wood that is wet in our lives. See, but the nature of fire is that it will go out eventually. That first love fire doesn't last. Some of us, maybe you have lost it. It is time to regain it. If you still have it, it is time to grow it. Feed the fire. Fan the fire. Guard the fire. Some of you say, Pastor, wow, sounds like a lot of things to do. I'm tired. I want, to, I want to, you to know that God will not violate our will. If you want the fire, you got to show it. But you have to remember that it is God who ignites that fire. The fire doesn't come from us. It comes from God. But if you were to set up the altar, God will ignite the altar. If you open your heart, God will set it ablaze. I want to sh- show you a verse, Psalms, Psalms 5 verse 3. You know, recently Pastor Yalan sh- showed me this verse. I was like, wow. It says over here, At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice or prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. Every morning, I lay the pieces of my life on the altar and I wait for your fire to fall on it. See the harvest? Will you lay the pieces of your life? Every piece of your life. Disappointment. Prayers that are not met. Dreams that are broken. Family that are struggling. Will you lay the pieces of fire of your life on the altar? Allow God's fire to come upon your life. Will you say to God, God, like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart, I'll pour my love on you. In praise, it's like perfume. I'll lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love on you. Why don't we all stand out on our feet together right now? The presence of God is all over here. All over here in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship God together. I don't know how to say exactly how I feel. I can't begin to tell you what your love has meant. I'm lost for words. Is there a way? Is there a way to show the passion in my heart? Truly great, I think you are my dearest friend. Lord, this is my desire to pour my love on you. 
from the beginning. Some of us here in this place, God is speaking right to your heart of hearts. The fire that is that's fizzling out, flickering. The fire that used to burn strong is dying out. You miss the presence of God. You miss the passion. You miss those times where you are so excited for God. Those times where you get yourself ready to come to church, even to queue up to go to church. You miss those times of passion where you will feel God easily. You will read the Bible. You will listen to God's Word eternally. You miss those times where there is nothing that will stop you from pursuing God, from coming to church. And right now, you, maybe you find yourself finding the smallest excuse, looking around for the smallest excuse not to be in church, not, be, not to be part of a self-community, or not to serve. This morning, the fire of God is setting you ablaze some is David says every morning I lay the pieces of my life on the altar some of us our hearts maybe are broken into pieces because of things that have happened in your life your family your marriage your relationship your school life your relationship 
is, is, is broken into pieces. This morning, will you come to God and say, God, I lay the pieces of my life. It's not, it's not one whole piece anymore. It's, it's pieces. But I lay it on the altar, God. And morning after morning, I look to you and I wait for the fire to fall. Will you set my heart ablaze again? Will you set it ablaze? I will fend the fire. I will feed the fire. I will guard the fire. Lord, set it ablaze. This morning, if that is you, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Oh, everybody, just lift up your hands if you want the fire of God. If you have lost it, regain it this morning. If you still haven't grown the fire, Oh God, oh God, hallelujah. That's why I just tell it to God. For you. That's right, let it be a prayer in the heart. Let my heart on the altar God is all over here this, this morning. Just come to the altar this morning. Just lay the pieces of your life. Some of you have, you have sins that cause that fire to cease. Just lay it on the altar. Just come before God. Hallelujah. 
Allow God to restore back that fire, rekindle the fire. Some of you, you still have the fire, but it is just fever hot. Don't let it be fever hot, let it be boiling hot today. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift up our hands all the way to the Lord? Hallelujah. Father God, this, this morning, we lay the pieces of our lives on the altar. And like, like Psalmist, Lord, we'll, we'll look to you every morning to wait for the fire. God, we wait for your fire. Let your fire set us ablaze. Let your fire ignite our lives, Lord. Give us the grace to feed the fire every day. We worship with the Word of God. Give us the grace to fan the fire. Sometimes we don't feel like doing the right thing. The things that we don't want to do, we did it. And the things that we want to do, we don't seem to be able to do it. God, give us the grace to fan the fire. Fan the fire that we will do the right thing. And God, help us to guard the fire. Guard it, Lord. God, our against unthankfulness, help us to re remember your goodness. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your fire. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. and all of God's people say, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for your fire. Fire, fire. Amen. How many of you felt God's fire today? Before I close, I want to speak specially to the married couples here in this place. I know some of you, your, your spouse might be at home or you know, in the other hall. But I want to speak to you. Whether you are one week married, one year married, five years married. You know what they say, you know, wedding joke, right? When a married man... Uh, open the car door for a girl. It's either a new girl or a new car, right? <laughs> I want you to know that all fire goes out eventually. I'm sorry to burst the Bible. You know, Naomi just got married last month. <laughs> I'm sorry to let you know all fire goes out eventually. Unattended fire goes out. And the only way for you to keep this fire in your marriage, that passion, is the same thing you got to do the three things. You got to feed the fire. Feed the fire. If your spouse wants attention, feed her with attention. If your spouse wants intimacy, you give him most of the time intimacy. If, if she wants conversation, give her conversation. Give it to her. Because if you don't give it to her, she will nag at you. If you don't want to be nagged, give her conversation. Because by giving her conversation, you are telling her, I love you. 
I'm listening to you. I'm sharing life with you. If he needs affirmation, give it to him. Stroke his ego. Tell him he's a great man. Don't say, if, if he doesn't give it to me, I will not give it to him. Blackmail doesn't work in marriage. It doesn't work. Don't blackmail your spouse. And marriage is not 50-50. Right? I give 50%, she gives 50%. No! It doesn't work like this. Sometimes, I can only give 20%. Maybe I got scolded by my boss. <laughs> Down. I can only give 20% that day. My wife comes in and she gave 80%. Some days she can only give 10%. I give her 90%. You know, you don't say, you know, we, we, have, we, have, we have a pack, you know, before a wedding. I do the dishes. You know, she does the cleaning or she does mopping the floor. I've done my part. She has not done her part. No. It doesn't work like this. Amen. We together, we form a hundred percent. Feed the fire. Fan the fire. You don't feel like being nice to him? Fan it. You know, last week, maybe, you know, your, your husband said something nasty to you. I will not celebrate Father's Day for him. No. You don't feel like I know you don't feel like But all the more You don't feel like You you fed it Fed it You got it Got that fire Got against adultery Got against infidelity You got against Unthankfulness Remember Remember how you met Remember the day you got married. Remember the, the day you got a first child. Don't forget. God the fire. You know, in closing, can I humbly invite all the married couples, all the married couples, whether you are one year, one month, 10 years, 20. I've been married for 24 years. I want you to know, all fires goes out. Unless you feed it, you fan it and you got it. Can I invite all the married couples, you know, here in this place? Can you please come to the front? Church, let's give all of them a big hand. All the married couples, God is doing something in our midst this morning. I won't be laying hands to pray for you. So just come. Or I'm not laying hands. Just come. Come to the altar like Samis. Come to the altar. Let's lay our marriage before the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's let's sing together. Like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. I pour my love on you. It praises like a field. I'll lavish light on you till every drop is gone.
That's why married couples just come to the front. Let's rebuild our marriage. Let God's fire come upon us. Why don't we just hold our spouse hands and live it up to God? Like Samish would do, laying the pieces of his life. Let's, let's lay our marriage at the altar. You could be married for one year, five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years, 40 years. Hallelujah. Just, just surrender your marriage to God. This morning, let God's fire come upon your marriage. Let the Lord renew that first love fire. That passion, that passion in a marriage. No more, no more you want to endure a loveless marriage. A marriage without conversation. A marriage without sharing. A marriage without affirmation. A marriage without intimacy. No more. Today you will feed the fire. Today you will fan the fire. Today you will guard the fire. Hallelujah. Some of us, some of us are remembering, remembering how you got married. The first child, sharing life, moving from one location to another. There are struggles, valleys, but you stick together. Hallelujah. I want you to pray together with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today I come before you. Today I come before you. I am thankful. I'm thankful. For my marriage. For my marriage. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. For my spouse. For my spouse. My husband. My husband. My wife. You have given him or her to me. You have given him or her to me. I repent. I repent. Times when I was selfish. Times when I was selfish. I forgot. I forgot. That he or she is a blessing. That he or she is a blessing. My, my spouse is a blessing. My spouse is a blessing. My spouse has given so much. My spouse has given so much. To me. To me. To my children. To my children. To our, marriage. to our marriage forgive me, forgive me. For, forgetting for forgetting this blessing, this blessing. stir my heart Lord stir my heart. Set, it ablaze. set it ablaze restore their first love passion, restore the first love passion. In, my marriage. in my marriage help me, help me. to feed the fire to feed the fire fan the fire, fan the fire. and guard the fire guard the fire in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. As, as our song leader is going to sing one more time, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to make this awkward for you. I'm not asking you to sing to yourself, right? But I want you to turn to your spouse. If you need to apologize, you apologize. If you need to tell them something, tell them, 
I have, I've been, I have been, I withhold myself, I withhold intimacy, I withhold conversation. I'm sorry. I want to, I want to offer to you. I want to feed our fire. I want to fan our fire. Turn to your neighbor. Uh, turn to your spouse. I'm not neighbor. Don't turn to your neighbor. Only your spouse. All right. Some of you, I know you're here, your spouse is not here, but never mind, go back and do it, alright? Those of you in the front, turn to your spouse and just say something to them. If you want, you can pray with them, alright? Come, do it right now. Amen. Come on, don't be awkward. Turn to your spouse. Look at them eye to eye, squarely. Pray together. If praise is like a fear, I'll never shine on you till every drop is gone. Don't worship in the front. Look at each other, talk to each other. Come on. Yes. Talk to each other. Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, that is all for our service. And uh, let's keep our first love fire for God strong. Amen. Don't lose it. And for those of you that are married, let's keep our, let's keep our marriage passion strong. And everybody say, Amen. God bless you. See you next week. Come back for our service. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.